Nana. And I'm Monkeo. And this is African.American. This is a show about immigrants and children of African immigrants living in the United States. Nora is our special guest today. And the topic we have on board is one that's near and dear to my heart. It is North African.Americans. I think it's the first person from that northern strip. First Egyptian. Yeah. Hey, Um, (laughs) uh, so we wanted to be able to talk about the North African dot American experience, what it's like to be of North African descent growing up in America and how North Africans fit into some of the, you know, general African paradigms that we have and or don't fit in there. So we want to jump right in. We already know your name. (laughs) We've been saying it. Nora. It's actually uh, Norhan. It's actually what? Norhan. Oh. I didn't know that. You're going to be learning a lot today. (laughs) Norhan. Well, Nora's just easier for white people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Wait, when when did you go when did you go for no, from no, Nora to Nora? It's actually Nura, but um Nura is Arabic. So mm-hmm. it's just a nickname that they give actually people that their name is Norhan. So it's mm-hmm. not a white people thing, but um but it's spelled N O R A, so people pronounce it Nora. But it's actually Nura. And um and anyone that's really named Norhan in Egypt, um, they call her like Nur or Nura. I thought your parents wanted to just give you like a no. passing, you know. <laughs> no, because I know, like, I know someone named Summer, but her name is actually Summer. Summer, yeah. Yeah, but her name is spelled Summer. You know, those names that let you kind of slide in and out. Interesting. Nor hands. But I guess people can't really roll the R's and say the ooh. So then I'm just like Nora. And then also growing up, they would get my name. I would go, I would, they'd call me Norham, which I, I don't know. And I'd make a joke. I'd be like, oh, I'm Muslim. I don't eat ham. So that doesn't make sense. Like the M and the N are two different letters. <laughs> so, uh, not cute. So I just went with that. Norham um, is my, like I say it for all like resumes, everything. But then I tell people to call me Nora because they're like, oh, how do I pronounce it? So but Nora, I'm a little mad at you because I could say your name. Yeah. See, <laughs> if I had known. <laughs> I met you and you said your name was Nora. I could say Nora. Well, you could, not others. We had others at the table. That's true. That's true. Wow. I feel really bad because I like, you know, make it a point of duty to like know these things. But it's okay. Norhan. Norhan. You're learning it now. Yeah, I'm learning new things. All right. Well, we know that you are you are you actually from Egypt? Because the next question is like, <laughs> what country are your parents from? <laughs> I mean, it's fine if you're like, you know, Lebanese or something else that I don't know. But yeah, Egypt. Yes. Is the region your parents are from? That yeah, they're they're both from Cairo. Which, for those of you who don't know, it's the capital. And where did you grow up? So I grew up in beautiful Fresno, California. So if y'all aren't familiar with it, it's Central Valley of California. Very not diverse. And I grew up in an area called Clovis. So that's really my hometown. 
yeah, I spent, um, I would say most of all my childhood was there to up until my teenage years. And then I moved to Egypt actually during high school. Oh, yeah. That's not an area you want to take a teenager to. (laughs) They don't even know who they are. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But it was good. It was a good experience to get out of a small town. And so went there and during high school, but then came back during college, but to the Bay Area. How do you identify ethnically, racially currently? I unconsciously find myself saying Middle Eastern just because they've labeled me that. And because I look Middle Eastern and I also... Like when I wear the hijab, it's like more, oh, yeah, she's she's Persian. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the only place in the Middle East. <laughs> but um, I identify Egyptian-American or Arab-American or North African-American. And how did you identify growing up, especially if you're like in Clovis mm-hmm. and then you go to Egypt where like, I guess you're like the American kid? Yeah. And well. Then- yeah, well, you said it. Thank you. Do you want to do the rest of it? <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be answering for you, my dear. My bad. I was done. Yeah, I, I identified growing up Egyptian American, um, and then, but when I was in Egypt, I identified as American because my Arabic was very broken. They thought I was from the Emirates because the way I spoke Arabic was weird to them. And so the idea of American is white. So they were very confused. So, yeah, I can say I've been confused about my identity my whole life. (laughs) That's interesting. I I wonder why they, like, picked the Emirates. It's like a random... I think because when they try, because they have a different of Arabic so when they try to speak the Egyptian Arabic it sounds like broken Arabic so uh, I when I speak Arabic like I don't know why I get nervous I feel like I'm getting judged even though I'm fluent in it but I feel like others are judging my Arabic skills no, I feel like Egyptians be judging hard so you're you identify basically as Egyptian American most of your life maybe American American when you're in Egypt sort of how is your connection to being African emphasized or de-emphasized well, I guess for me, it's more I don't feel like when people say Middle Eastern, I don't really feel it. I think I'm more North African. But then when I bring in the word African, people always associate African with black. And mm-hmm. so I feel with African-Americans, that's when it's like disassociated. Like they look at me like, oh, she's not African. But when I'm speaking with African Americans, that's when my identity, oh, you're from Egypt. So it's like part of Africa. So it really depends who I'm talking to. And so I, even when I speak like with anyone from like Eritrea or Sudan, I feel like my African is coming because we can, we're like, we're all from the same continent. Mm-hmm. So it's really when I'm actually speaking to African Americans or even like non-African Americans, you know, anyone else, they're, they're confused. And a lot of it is because of skin color. Yeah, but I would just think he was light-skinned. That's what I I think, you know, maybe it's a California versus East Coast thing, but there are plenty of black people who look just like you. I think (laughs) it's a California versus East Coast thing. Yeah, versus East Coast. Yeah, Yeah, come on down to the D.C., girl. You just (laughs) be, what? And your name is Norm. You're like, yeah, my dad was a member of the nation. That's not where they come from. (laughs) It's weird. It is a California thing. And maybe also it could be because 
it's an African dot American. You get it, but um, I'll be talking to other people, but to them, they they won't understand that. So a lot of it is that cultural tie to your country. So do you tend to describe yourself differently when you're speaking to African dash Americans versus African dot Americans, or? No, so it's very interesting. Whenever they find out I'm Egyptian, I treated oh so you african like you know before it's like oh so i wasn't african because i was light-skinned so i identify the same with everyone but Mm. it's always you pull out that egyptian there's more respect and then there's that whole kings and queens talk where i'm like okay let's not get into that Okay. Uh-uh. No, because I just did a 23 in me and I was 90% North African. I am the real queen. <laughs> oh, wow. So then in interacting, I that was part of our next question. What was your interactions with African-Americans versus Africans versus African dot Americans like growing up? You already kind of answered it a little bit, but like dig yeah. a little more. Yeah, no, I can get into it. Um, for me, Africans, that's my best encounterment because feel um here's a small example um africa cup whenever it's like soccer and stuff that's when i'm really feeling my african side because we're all like yeah soccer we're all african but um and especially when you're talking to someone from africa the experience is different than an african-american because an african-american experience a lot of it is rooted in slavery and not knowing you know where their ancestors are from but an african experience or when i'm talking to someone that's african they know where they're from. So we share this identity together that, oh, first generation Americans and, oh, we both know where our families are from, from Africa. So I feel more connected to Africans than African-Americans or African dot Americans. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess growing up in the Central Valley, were there that many African dash or dots Americans or were y'all like no. it? You know, just a family. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wasn't a lot, actually. Also, a lot of my experience, too. So I battle a lot with my my Egyptian identity. And because I'm visibly Muslim, there is also that Muslim identity that comes in. So I have to tell people, oh, I'm Egyptian. Oh, also, like, I also have to talk about my faith whenever it comes in with my identity. I don't like that, but um, that's what has happened after 9-11 and especially being like in Central Valley, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it's been a, a weird experience because I'm you're battling your African identity or, or North African identity and your American identity and your Muslim identity. So it's it's like you never know where to start the conversation. For me, it's like so many identities that I'm dealing with. Yeah. So how is it then when meeting Muslims, I guess, regardless of their like racial or ethnic background, do you feel like they at least see you as like Muslim first or is there still some of this like, well, what kind of (laughs) are you Arab Muslim? Are you African Muslim? Are you African dash American Muslim? South Asian, maybe Turkish. (laughs) I mean, there's so many flavors. A white convert. They can pass for all those other flavors. Latina too, convert. So yeah, Latina convert. I get that, which is so weird. Because I was like, how can you tell if someone was born Muslim or not? Which They just think you're like California but, and there's lots of Latinos there. And so like... But then I get offended because I'm like, do you not think I look Egyptian? So then I get offended. <laughs> but um, yeah, the conversation is usually... Well, when you're visibly Muslim right away, they know you're Muslim. So then they want to know, oh, what type? Like, are you Arab Muslim or that? So then the conversation goes to that. And then when it goes to being um, 
Egyptian, then the conversation, depending on who I'm talking to, if it is someone that's actually an African Muslim, then that's another shared like identity to get like cultural and like faith wise. So the conversations lead right away with, oh, you're this faith. Where are you from? Okay. So different categories. Then we kind of know where else to lead the conversation, which is is helpful. I mean, I think some of it too is like casing, right? So it's like, oh, okay. You're Iranian. Okay. So you're, you're Shia then. All right. Okay. You know, (laughs) mental check or, oh, you're Egyptian. Okay. That means, you know, Al-Azhar or whatever it is that that people have in their connections for different places. Totally makes sense. Or you're Senegalese. Oh, y'all Sufi. Y'all are, you know, you know, what Tarek are you from? I guess the next question then is, I know that the two are not mutually exclusive and that you perhaps didn't uh, interact with as many black people out in the Central Valley. But would you agree that there is kind of like a push and a pull to place North Africans squarely in the Arab ethnic category versus the like African one? I think you've talked about that a little bit, but. Yeah, I think it all comes back to it's black or white. It's always like that when I'm having the conversation. So the North African identity, um, and I think people don't realize when they're talking to me is that especially that region too has been occupied by everyone. So we're going to look a little interesting and have so many different skin In a good way. Yeah, in a good way, in an exotic way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess it always comes back to that. So it's like what I said earlier, it's depending who I'm talking to, but um, they place two in Arab and also people don't realize that Arabs are also black as well. So it's it's always interesting to me because Arabs is always seen as like olive skinned only, but it's like we come in different shades. So I'm always trying to emphasize that North Africans are Arabs and, but then people get confused and then they put Arabs and Middle Easterners in one category and that's completely different. So we got Turks, we have Persians, we have uh, Jewish people. I think that's it, right? Those are the main three in the Middle East. Maybe not it, but I'm sure there are other. We have Kurds, Kurds, Armenians, Iraqis. (laughs) Aren't Iraqis? Oh, Iraqi Kurds. Yeah, so now we're. See, it's it's confusing because the Middle East is just a geopolitical name. So it could, that's the thing. It's like the term Middle Eastern was made up. It's not even actually an area. And so that has brought in that identity confusion because it's basically just Arab or non-Arab when it comes at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think things would be different if you were Afro? No, I'm going to say Afro-Arab. Okay. So this is, perhaps I should ask you how you feel about that term Afro-Arab, right? Because Afro-Arab is often used in the same way Afro-Latino is, right? For people who yeah. who look black, but happen to also be, you know, because Arab is an ethnic category, not a racial one, just like Latino or Latinx exactly. is one. Do you think that things would be different if you were browner? Yeah, definitely. Because um, definitely in, in Egypt, we have like Nubians and so yep. black Egyptians. And so things would be different because I have to acknowledge that I am lighter skinned. There comes privileges with that, you know, within my community. And so I feel like if I was darker, I would be accepted more as African. And, and then that would be another struggle because I would be considered... I still consider myself North African. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's just always going to be struggles, okay? (laughs) Yeah. People always want to put people in boxes and and that's sort of like the pick. 
Like, yeah. yeah, and for me, it's, I think also, I, this happened to me in the third grade, I had this issue with what box to check. And I was looking and I'm like, well, I'm not white, I'm not Hispanic. And then, so I checked African American because I was like, oh, okay, Egypt is in Africa and I'm American. Let me put African American, which made correct. And so I remember my teacher was telling me, she's like, no, Norhan, you're white. I was like, no, you're white. Don't tell me who I am. <laughs> you're like, honey, you and I are not the same thing. Uh-uh, don't be you, you seem to be strong in your identity, even back in the third grade. Yeah. Yeah, like, I started at a very young let, you, let me tell you what I'm not, okay? So it's always been like that, that box of trying to figure it out, where you fit in, and there's this whole census 2020 that's coming out, which I think is going to be bullshit, honestly, because I, they're still going to place us in white because my sister was actually telling me this, that, you know, they wanted to put North African slash Middle Eastern by themselves, but they found out we are a lot and it's going to outnumber, you know, being white. So I guess we're always going to have that battle. Am I white or am I African American? Yeah, it's kind of like what 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 is... What is most expedient and going to help the numbers for different groups in power or not in power? What do you, not to dig, continue digging into the color thing, what about within the Egyptian community? Do you feel like there's a different, do, do people understand that Egyptians come in every shape and color? No. Every shape, well, every color. <laughs> well, they come in every shape too. Every shape. Like, every, every shade shape. and yeah. color. That's what I meant. Every shape too. <laughs> I mean, body positivity and acceptance is a thing too. <laughs> we want to stress, but um, yeah. Where there's also, um, no, actually, I don't think Egyptians also have that realization because there is that racism also within Egyptians where they do treat darker Egyptians um, worse, sadly to say, but that is the reality. And um, white is upset. They're, everybody wants to be like fair and lovely is everywhere in Egypt. And I think for me, because it's I, I'm in between, so I'm not white and I'm, I'm like olive toned. And so it's interesting seeing the treatment and and I try to educate Egyptians on that. Guess what? We do come in every shade of, you know, color actually. So there is that ignorance also there and there is that obsession with looking whiter and in that if you aren't as light-skinned then you're not really as Egyptian. It's really strange there too. Yeah, and I remember when I would visit, you know, I I loved going to the beach and, you know, I get dark really fast and I remember my aunt was telling me, she's like, well, you don't want to be too dark, you know, you're not going to look pretty. So Mm -hmm. I was like, what's that supposed to mean? And so I was very confused with that idea and then I grew up, I was like, oh, so that's what racism is. So people associate dark-skinned Egyptians, uh, do they consider them as non-Egyptians or is it more of a colorism issue? It's more of a colorism issue and it's more of also a classism issue. You don't find a lot of dark-skinned Egyptians in upper class. So there's always like the upper class and just there's no middle class. It's more of that colorism and um, and also media. You know, there's not, you know, Egypt is the third largest media and you don't find black Egyptians on TV except in like Nubia or you, you know that too. Like just in songs because like the colors and the dances are pretty, but they're not seen. They're seen as like other Egyptians. Mm. Isn't that Nubians also kind of, I mean, like, they're a different race, right? Like, they're not Arab. They have, like, their own language and culture. Um, what language does Nubian speak? Nubian. Huh. 
Nubian. And yeah. it's, it, it's not at all similar to Arabic. And no, it's it's, not its own. All. Maybe connected to ancient, closer to ancient Egyptian or something like that. But it all depends. I think also, I think media wise too, because like Beyonce is just, any, everybody thinks she's beautiful. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has been changing. Beyonce is just changed in the world. <laughs> but I think a lot of it has been, if they're seeing more, I think it has to do with America as well. If I think if America starts appreciating black beauty, then Egypt is start gonna pre- they're gonna start appreciating their beauty within black Egyptians as well. Yeah, I guess it's it's about images, like you said. Yeah. Like you see enough of them, and if if it happens to be that Beyonce is the black people that you see, then at the very least you're getting some exposure to the fact that like not really brown people not- exist. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> She's she's also not at the darkest end of the color spectrum, nope. but chitwa, chitwa. <laughs> <laughs> one day we will get to Lupita so and appreciating. First, and that's <laughs> yeah, you know, progress. She, she's brown. So, <laughs> our next question <laughs> is: um, How do you feel then when people describe Africa and? Africans with terms like beautifully black, dark and lovely, you know, going back to like the Hotep people and we were kings and queens. And when they painted, it's like all really like really dark people who probably are a little bit dark than ancient Egyptians actually were. Um, do you, yeah, how do you feel? Like, do you feel included? I'm glad you brought that up. This is something that actually bothers me a lot. See, because I feel extremely excluded. Number one, like, it's going to sound bad, but kings and queens, no, there is a whole study and there's so many research on it that just because you are African doesn't mean you are, you had, you know, descent of kings and queens and doesn't mean that they were Egyptian. So yeah. I think that's what bothers me is that we see, you know, when there's protests and they're like, you know, we are descendants of kings and queens. It's like, actually, no, I am a descendant and I can show you my 23 and me. And <laughs> 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 is that why you did 23 and me? Because it's always, I think what it is, is whenever it's African beauty, it's only described as black beauty. And to go back on what I said earlier, African comes in different colors. And I start to feel really excluded from this beauty talk because... I'm not I'm not black and also it's like and I'm not I'm not white either so I fit in this African beauty category and so you know especially speaking of ancient Egyptians seeing um when Rihanna did the cover or even when speaking of Beyonce when she when she wore all the Egyptians I felt that is cultural appropriation I don't think like I'm not just gonna go out of nowhere and just wear a Nigerian outfit like you know I am or North African but I'm not just gonna throw on any African outfit and I think people exclude the you know Egyptians that aren't black and that you know majority of egyptians aren't black actually and so it bothers me because it's i feel like there's a talk that's going on without the egyptians and that they've just created their own thing without research it's like no Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of that has to do with you know not knowing where you're from or your roots and a lot of it is rooted in you know african-americans ancestors in slavery but you know don't just say oh yeah egyptian like no 
let's throw facts in there because you're excluding a whole other group that they actually know where they're from. As you can see, I get bothered. <laughs> yeah, no, it's understandable. Yeah. And it's complicated because like a lot of this is also like pushback, right? From the idea of like black isn't beautiful. And it's a lot of trying to connect to a civilization that is better than you know just as great and just as wonderful as western civilization and it's on the african continent there's all these kinds of things right because it's not just egypt right like people often will like have this affinity for things related to nigeria and ghana because they're the loudest two countries on the continent and then south africa because oprah went down there and nelson mandela as someone who feels kind of marginalized by or not kind of very marginalized by that kind of discourse how do we say it loud, be black and be proud, but also like acknowledge, you know, the light-skinned ones and how the light-skinned folk mm. and maybe people who aren't black African descent, but also are African and are part of what makes the history, civilization, culture like a great one. I think it would come from the idea of being first African and proud because you're excluding Libya, Algeria, Morocco, these are all like, you know, all these North African countries that, yes, a part of them are black and a part of them are people that look like me. So I think it would be to have a conversation first about it and talk about what, you know, black and proud, I think is very separate from also African and proud because there's black Brazilians doesn't mean you're yeah. African. A completely separate I feel like there's only that one tie that black is Africa which yeah okay makes sense you know back in history but there's also you know black people everywhere all over the world and um, I think it's just we need to include like more of North Africans I think in the conversation of I would say first yeah like African and proud and then talk into okay black beauty because I feel the black beauty, a lot of that is actually an American issue because um, I feel like it's just America because it's the leading media, it's the movies that we see. So it needs to start also with with here, with America first. So your answer then is kind of connected to my next question. Do you feel that there are fault lines between sub-Saharan African and North African communities and identities? And where does that become the most apparent? Because even when we're talking about like Black is Beautiful or Africa First, there is a sense among many a sub-Saharan African that North Africans are really trying to be part of Africa. Wondering if you, you know, from your experience on on your end, uh, see the same things, feel the same things, or am I just like exposed to a really weird pocket of people? Unfortunately, you're not. So, <laughs> sadly to say, <laughs> I think for me, I can't speak on behalf of North Africans because I am a first-generation American. So, mm-hmm. I think for me, my mind is different because I am already rejected by Americans. So. <laughs> Is that the re- only reason why you're feeling, you know, the Africa love? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of it for me is like, number one, there's the faith aspect because I'm seen right away as Muslim. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm dealing with that. And so I can't speak on, I, but I know how they think North Africans and what you're saying, the 
line of sub-Saharan African and North Africans. And number one, yes, because of color of skin. Number two, um, they're trying so hard to be westernized. And I think they're also very confused about their identity because, you know, they're light skinned as well. And um, and also it's a language. So they a lot of them speak Arabic. So there isn't that's why there's that disconnect, I would say, between like sub-Saharan Africa and North Africa because of the language. And so, and yeah, I do agree with you that um, they don't, they look at Africa as only black. And it's really an education issue for me because, you know, we are exposed here and being first generation American, I'm, you know, I get to see other cultures and I get to understand what it is. So I don't look at it as an, oh, this isn't a part of Africa, but you travel and then you go back home and there is that separation. It all comes back to keeping the culture. And that that's the problem with North Africa. I'm not going to say North Africa. I'll say I'm not going to speak on behalf of other countries in North Africa because I don't know. Except mm-hmm. Libya. There. But Egypt, they didn't really keep the culture at all. And that's why I get confused when I travel there because... You know, people are speaking in English and, you know, or trying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I think that it is. And a lot of it has to come with language, too. And and that's the problem is that the culture isn't really they didn't really keep the culture. And then mm-hmm. that's when I start to get confused as well within my identity. And then I'm like, oh, I look at Middle Eastern people. I You know, I see Palestinians. They've done a good job despite, you know, all the po- politics going on in there or Syrians. So. I get confused why Egypt is like that. Um, I think they're also confused as well, all of them. Yeah. I think with Egypt, though, too, like the point that you made earlier about it being conquered by a lot of different people, it's hard to keep your culture of like every 50, 60 years, you know, somebody's coming in and taking over. Like what stays and what goes um, is interesting. But I also do want to make the commentary that there are a lot of things that people in Egypt think are like specifically Egyptian, but they're actually like African. Um, so like one thing is like the 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 Arba'in, which means forty. I don't know if you have it. Um, so like forty days after the person dies, you have like a yeah. ceremony slash celebration, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is so Egyptian. Nobody else has this." I was like, "Uh, we have it in Sierra Leone, and it's literally called the same thing." And everybody, Muslim, Christian tree worshiper whatever like everybody does it so i feel like that's like an african connection there that we have but we don't necessarily know because we're not talking to one another about those kinds of things the same thing with the i didn't know that that it was in other places i i always thought it was something interesting too and they i think they say after brain because it means 40 like you have to wear black for 40 days yep that's it's like the mourning period yeah so interesting. See, I think it's because we're not talking about what we share in common with other African cultures. And it just makes me think, too, like, well, then where did this really begin? How yeah. is it that two really opposite sides of the continent have this exact same, you know, practice? I mean, probably some tweaks here and there, but like it is the same. So I guess as we're like trying to wrap up um, another question, we talked about these fault lines. What's and come to the conclusion that we do need to do more talking to one another and trying to understand. But what's one thing that you wish more sub-Saharan Africans understood about North Africans? Hmm. There are um, North Africans that I've met that have that tie, that African, not all of them want to be Westernized. There is, you know, I, ha- I didn't also emphasize 
on the other Egyptians that don't want to associate themselves with westernized parts that ha- are in touch with their African side would, you know, let their hair grow out, Afro, everything um, that, you know, they too want to be in touch with their African side. And I think to share that together more and that actually there's a lot of North Africans that can pass for looking sub-Saharan as well, depending on what part. Oh, yeah. So I think what it is is just having more conversations and understanding that they're the same. Because there is that divide, North African and then African. Maybe if we take the North out and then we just call each other African, I think that's what brings that divide as well. That's true. We're all yeah. guilty of doing that ourselves. No, we do. We are. And I, I try to like push on that point, though. But yeah, sometimes you just see like, man, you know what I mean? I don't mean them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but also like I don't necessarily I think it's all, it's also weird, right? Because it's like North African and then the sub-Saharan African. I was like, well, what about the Saharans? Like, yeah. are they what are they? What are Mauritanians, Nigeria, Niger? the ends not nigerians yeah. chadians like wh- who and what are they supposed to be we have all these titles for africans like west african this africa like why can't i think we need to stop putting these titles and just yeah so we talked about africans and the kinds of conversations that like we or they as people on the continent as opposed to the dot americans are should be having with one another what's one thing you wish that arabs in the geographical middle east understood about north africans and north africans dot americans that were amazing (laughs) (laughs) you think they don't understand that literally they haven't met me To, for them to understand that we we are not Middle Eastern. We don't have that Middle Eastern experience. And that it depends who, what kind of Middle Eastern person you're talking to. So mm. I that's what it is. It's like um, if you're talking to someone that is Syrian, right away they associate Egypt with North Africa. And then they associate, like, they associate it right away that they're different Arabs. And mm. so I think what it is is that there's also that Arab part where it's like, why don't they see us as all Arabs, but also because of geographic locations. So there is also, unfortunately, that racism between Middle Easterners and North Africans. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, actually, she is Palestinian and she wants to marry an Egyptian guy. But Palestinians look at Egyptians as like, we're dark skinned, we're Africans, we're, we're, you know, they look at us like the black backwards. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately saying that but for them to understand that we are also part of their experience as well so i think that's what i what i wish they would understand that we have a shared we have an african experience and we have an arab experience and you can be both because yeah. arab is an ethnic group it's not yeah. a race thank you so much nora for sharing your experience with us for laughing with us for letting us you know <laughs> just learn more about what it means to be North African American and for being our first North African guest. Thank you guys so much. It's, I think it starts with conversations like this. So hopefully we'll be the change that Africa that North we want to see. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Solidarity. Africa first. <laughs> Hashtag African first. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show for today. Like what you heard? have an idea on a topic you'd like African.American to discuss, let us know. You can email us at African.American spelled out, 
African.dotamerican at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah.